0: Hey, y'all, and welcome into an edition of the SB Nation College Football Recruiting Podcast, part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Bud Elliott, your National Director of Recruiting, and I'm joined here in the Portland airport uh, about, uh, well, well past midnight, East Coast time, with Alex Kirsten. Alex, what's going on, dude?
1: Not much, Bud. We've just wrapped up uh, a long but uh, fulfilling week uh, in surprising sunshine and heat in uh, beautiful Oregon here, Beaverton just outside of Portland to be specific, and uh, we've seen I, I would say most of the best of the best of the, the class of 2018 and some
0: of, some of the class of 2019 as well. Indeed, so where where do you want to start? Well, first we should probably tell people what the opening is in case they didn't know. We should. It, it is the uh, premier showcase for college football recruits, uh, about 160 kids after, I don't know, 10 or 12 regionals across the country. they're They're selected. They get to go, they get a bunch of Nike gear, a bunch of swag. They get a pretty cool trip out to Portland, uh, Beaverton uh, to be exact, like you said, and uh, get to be coached up by a number of former college stars, NFL stars, some current college players, uh, and get to compete against each other, kind of show their wares in in one-on-one competition uh, as well as some team-based competition. And uh, everybody probably wants to start at quarterback, but we're going to make our listeners wait a little bit for that. Uh, So we are going to start with defensive back. And and I thought this year was a – uh, a pretty good year for defensive backs. We had a number of, of really good players, and I think that was indicated as well because so many of the quarterbacks just kept checking the ball down underneath. In part, I think because they wanted completions, but also in part because there was a lot of guy, There are a lot of guys who were just covered deep.
1: There were. I mean, I think that if you start um, by looking at the defensive back class, you start at the top of that class. Uh, I don't think you can really look a lot further than Patrick Sertan in the uh, second. You you don't have to be too terribly familiar. With the recruiting cycle, to be familiar with that name, obviously his dad was in the NFL for uh, more than a decade, uh, and and became a South Florida legend in his own right. Uh, his son, who shares his name, uh, Patrick Sertan II, is here now, and I think he's the best prep cornerback that I've seen in the three or four years that I've been part of kind of the recruiting media. Um, I have not seen someone who has been so wowing at that position at that age. I mean, he's 17, I would imagine, maybe 18 years old, and really brutal um, to, to try to throw against start to, to be a receiver against. Uh, he was a star not only in the 7-on-7 seven seven tournament where he shut down just about everything that was thrown in his direction, which wasn't much because quarterbacks would rather check down than take a chance against him. Uh, he was also great in what we call the cat and mouse, which is a set of drills or a specific drill that's normally meant for linebackers to uh, kind of run at running backs from, I believe it's 10 or 15 yards apart. They try to meet in the middle. Whoever gets across the line wins. Linebackers normally do that. Cornerbacks do not, uh, at these camps that we go to, normally even participate in those drills. Uh, Sertan did. Uh, there's not quite tackling. It's more two-hand touch. But he's in the open field. He's as hard to beat as a really good outside linebacker would be. And, oh, he can also lock down entire sectors of the field in coverage. Uh, so uh, my understanding of his recruitment is that it's mostly a Florida State LSU battle. But you can probably shed a bit more light on that. Uh, but I think he's about as good as it gets. Someone's going to get uh, an outstanding player in a future first-round NFL pick.
0: Yeah, and we spoke with him, uh, and we'll have some of that audio uh, perhaps later or maybe later on espionation.com. just click on the recruiting button to find all of our content as well as our uh, live blog, which is now no longer live, but is still very recappy for you. Uh, there was the question, is he the best DB to come out of South Florida uh, since Patrick Peterson? Or as recruiting fans knew him, before he changed his name, Patrick Johnson, went to LSU, star for the Arizona Cardinals, just an elite all-around player. And when we look at corners, we typically see right, there's kind of four areas you look at when you're evaluating a recruit, right, at least physically deep. Size, athleticism, technique, and then sort of instincts slash intangibles. And I really believe he checks all four boxes, right? There was the question coming in, could his teammate at American Heritage High School, Tyson Campbell, be better than him, and I think Tyson Campbell might actually be more athletic than he is, but he's not quite as big. You know, maybe the length is similar, but but Sertan, I don't know if pictures do him justice. When you see him, the three D nature of he's big man, like he's mm-hmm. he looks like he's you know almost two hundred pounds. Uh, you see that. You see the instincts that the way he breaks on the ball. You see the athleticism, and then you see as well the technique, which. Hey, if you told me, hey, that guy's dad was an NFL player, I would certainly believe you because he's been coached up so well, and it's very impressive. He he was my uh, sort of you know, A number one guy there at the defensive back, and I'm, I'm glad you, you picked him out. Uh, I'll go with another guy, Brian Addison, who I, I thought had a great tournament. Um, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Does it matter, right? He's, can he play corner? Maybe. We know he can play safety. To me, it's going to be how much does he fill out because he's what six two and a half six three. He's a pretty tall guy. I don't know what they, they list him at, but he's not that full yet. The, the frame is is suggests that you could add some weight, especially with the length. But you know, does this kid put on fifteen pounds in college, or does he put does he put on thirty? That might be the, the determining factor. Uh, how many clips did you get of him today? Because I know I had probably All like over the three place. or four breakups, a number of interceptions, just the instincts to break on the ball like that the length to actually do something with those instincts. It was very impressive to me. I, th- I thought that was that was really great uh from from Brian Addison. Uh, but who else did you like at DB? I, I know the position is so loaded. We probably have 20 or 30 guys we liked, but um you know, who else did you really like at DB?
1: Really like Chase Williams a lot, and I think he's listed as an athlete in some circles. Um good cornerback, good cover guy. Uh, didn't come in knowing much about him. I mean, you know, you, you know Kind of on a cursory level a little bit about these kids. Uh, he's not huge, uh, also not small. Strikes me as a guy um, who could probably wind up playing anywhere from strong safety to cornerback to slot receiver to outside receiver. Um, really an athlete in the true sense of the word and, and a good prospect all the way around. Uh, I liked Seven Banks, who's an Ohio State commit, who just strikes me as uh, one of the more athletic cornerbacks in the class. I'm sure that'll be shocking to, to the listeners at home that Urban Meyer is recruiting and landing athletic corners. Never seen that one before. And his brother
0: is uh, Marcel Harris, yeah, uh, a safety crazy. for the Gators. And want to give his mom the award for uh, most vocal uh, parent. Probably at the event. Probably coached him specifically, <laughs> like technique wise on uh, uh, on on every play. Uh, she had a good line. Uh, if if the receiver goes to get a cookie from his mom's house, you go get one too. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. was kind of creative. Very athletic kid. I I, I totally agree.
1: I think this class has a number of cornerbacks who are uh, particularly physical. Uh, the one who keeps coming up, you know, kept coming up this weekend and uh, will, will pop to anyone's mind when they're talking about these kinds of players. I think is Jalen Green from Houston. I believe maybe Lamar in Houston is where yep. he goes to high school. Um, one of the most physical prep corners that you, that you could find anywhere. And, and, you know, you see him. I remember we posted a video that, that Bud had shot of him. Uh, at the opening regional camp in Houston a couple months ago. And uh, it's packed with him just mugging kids on the line of scrimmage, so much so that uh, a number of Facebook commenters felt that he should have been penalized for it. Uh, But I think that's what you want. I mean, you want a cornerback who is so athletic that he doesn't need to hold you. He doesn't need to beat you up, but he's going to do it anyway. Um, And, you know, he he showed that side of himself at the regional. And then at this national event against some of the best receivers in the country, he's just flying around, jumping after balls, getting to them and really disrupting a lot. So I think very highly of him as a prospect. Somebody uh,
0: is going to get a really good one there as well. So many guys that, that you, you could point to. And, and one that I, I feel like we can't move on to the next position without mentioning here uh, is Bookie. Uh-huh. Right Bre- Brendan Radley-Hiles, who, you know, is he an elite cover corner in the sense like a, like a Pat Sertan? Maybe not quite in that mold. I don't know if he's quite the athlete size combo that Pat Sertan is, and, and but not many are. But here's what I do know. He probably made the most plays of anybody this entire week as a defensive back. I mean, constantly picking off balls, tipping balls, just he's a pest. And all these kids, who do they tell us that that their game reminds them of, right? It's either if you're a big corner, they usually tell us Patrick Peterson, right? A couple of the kids like from Tennessee say Jalen Ramsey, but I think that he's not established enough yet. Who do the small ones tell us? Honey Badger. They do. Always it comes up a lot. Right. Yeah. It's kinda of like, okay, what who's the one QB that none of the QBs ever, ever say they model their game after? Matt Ryan. It's kind of weird. Like the one superstar. It's always either Brady. Not a whole, not a
1: whole lot of Brady. Sometimes sometimes these kids mention Rogers before they mention Brady. That's true. Rogers like, Brady. Guys.
0: Or if you're or if they're athletic, typically Cam. Or mm-hmm. if they're real short, Breeze. But Bookie told me his game is like Honey Badger. And he's one of the first kids that is actually like, yeah, it is like Honey Badger. And it goes – I saw him at IMG and he, he blocks a, uh, a field goal for a touchdown. He, like, returns a punt. All these different things. He was doing the same thing out there. Did, did he have lockdown coverage every play? No. But but it is difficult to teach those instincts, I think. Like, because he didn't get burned, but yet he would still leave his coverage at times to go and pick off a ball like playing his own. Just probably the best instincts at, at the event and just the, the sense to understand where the ball is. And we use the term always around the ball. That's not luck. No that's, not a, that, no. that's a skill. It's just hard to quantify, but you know when you see it. And, and Bookie, uh, Brendan Radley Hiles, the Nebraska commit from Cali, uh, but now at IMG, uh, he has that. It, yep. Absolutely.
1: And I, I will move off from defensive backs uh, briefly. Should mention Caden Stearns, uh, the LSU decommit turn Texas commitment. Uh, excellent player. All around going to be a star safety, I think, for, for Tom Herman and Austin. Uh, and he'll pair with B.J. Foster, who I think is still the number one rated safety in this class. And, and Texas is really going to be set uh, on the back end for for a long time to come. Foster at strong safety, Stearns at free safety, or or some variation like that. Obviously, these positions can be uh, more nebulous as schemes get more complicated and time goes on. But uh, really good player back there, Caden Stearns.
0: Absolutely. And then one final guy here, uh, Deshaun Jamison, didn't have like a whole lot of interceptions, but. In a tournament that saw a lot of teams just throw underneath, underneath, underneath to the point to where I was getting annoyed with it because we're trying to shoot highlights and they're just taking check down, check down, check down. He was was probably the largest reason why the red team's defense made it to the finals, I thought, because he was actually the guy underneath causing them to get stops when teams were just taking on check downs. He would actually get some completions. He would get his hand in there, maybe not pick it off, but break it up or cover a guy to where they force them to take a more difficult throw. So good job, DJ. They call him the shark. Uh, All right, Alex, what position do you want to go to now? We are joined again by Alex Kirshner. This is Bud Elliott. We have relocated after our flight that uh, we are now in the uh, Sky Club in Atlanta. So welcome back. What position do you want to hit now?
1: You know, why don't we alternate sides of the ball? I've been really jonesing, I would say, to discuss some offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. this on was our slide out, those all I wanted to do was talk about the offensive linemen. Alex, that, that's a lot of passion for offensive linemen, man.
0: An interesting group this year. I really felt like the guards uh, and the interior guys were a lot better than the uh, the guys on the outside, which is a kind of a departure from last year. Last year we had a tremendous tackle year. Uh, this year it's, it's much more of a guard-centric year. So um, let's just kind of alternate favorites. Who would you like?
1: Well, I think you have to start anytime you talk about uh, offensive linemen in this class with the clear-cut top tackle and the clear-cut top guard. Um, I think Jackson Carmen uh, did nothing to disabuse anyone of the notion that he is the best tackle in the class. Probably going to go to either Clemson or Ohio State. I think for a long time there's been some suggestion, including from from Carmen himself, that. Clemson is narrowly ahead there, despite the fact that he's from Fairfield, Ohio. Uh, really good all-around prospect. Uh, just mean, honestly. He, he, was, he was dominant in everything from uh, one-on-one line drills to the tug-of-war, where he was his team's anchor. They do these uh, kind of side, beach-like games at the opening, and, uh, and he was really good all, all the way around. I think that uh, th- there's not much weakness in his game. And I think you, bud, uh, have probably seen uh, Jamari Salyer
0: more than I have. But he is he is really terrific. Yeah, yeah. From the top tackle at the event, I agree with you. I think Carmen was the best guy there for his tackles. And uh, Jamari was probably the best offensive lineman. A two-time opening invitee, uh, two-time Final Five participant. You, know, you look at him, and he's, he's strong, certainly. But he's not like the most physically overwhelming-looking uh, guard. But... He's a guy who who owns his spot at guard. He doesn't. He's not one of these these guys who thinks he's a tackle. He he knows his guard. He embraces playing the interior uh, line position, which is a little bit less sexy maybe than tackle, uh, but great technique, great leverage. Uh, really enjoy watching him play. You mentioned Clemson a minute ago. This is most likely a Georgia Clemson battle. I know a couple other teams may think they could sneak in there, but I think the the two are are pretty much Georgia and Clemson. Uh, for Jamari and and he again was was great Um, and I think he'll only get better yeah I think there was uh, he obviously led the
1: group that kind of was was really impressive I think like you mentioned more so on the interior than than more on the inside of the interior Uh, the centers and guards I mean it was a really strong group um, excluding the tackles who tend in most years to be the blue chip can't miss guys on the offensive line. You know, it's that dominant tackle, that 6'7 tackle. Uh, There were a lot of really good centers there this year. Two stood out in particular to me. Uh, One who's been a favorite of mine since I saw him at the Cleveland Regional for this event is Tyrone Sampson, who was, uh, I believe, a a composite low three-star at that point, which would have been just in April. Uh, He's now a pretty consensus four-star prospect and I think one of the top two or three centers in the country. uh, Committed to Syracuse which is a great get for Syracuse if, if Dino Babers and his staff can hang on to him. Uh, I, I mentioned the word mean a few minutes ago, and I don't mean to um, just kind of use that as a catch-all uh, descriptor for offensive linemen because not every offensive lineman um, is that fiery and loves burying people into the ground and does it as often as someone like Tyrone Sampson does. But he's a really uh, – keep. I I keep using that phrase because I think in, in Carmen's case on at tackle and in, in Samson's case here, I think it's apt. They're just really fiery players who clearly get something extra out of just throwing defensive linemen to the ground. And another center who does that, and, and I really liked him the other day and on the last day of the opening, was uh, Justin Dietrich, who's committed to
0: USC. Yeah, a uh, guy, another really good technician. You're so right. We had a lot of great centers and guards. Justin, uh, quickness off the ball, uh, I loved his bend. He was able to, to mirror really well. Uh, but it, you know, he wasn't just catching. He, he he was bringing the punishment to the defensive lineman. I believe USC commitment. Uh, that that was fun to watch. Uh, who else did you like on the offensive line? There are there there so many guys. Yeah, there were a lot. Uh, Will Craig. Okay, yeah, the uh, right uh, I, I, tackle. tackle. Yeah,
1: I think a right tackle uh, who really held his own and, and then some uh, out of Granite Bay, California. I believe, and I'm not sure uh, much about his recruitment. I mean, he's got a lot of Western offers, but uh, an impressive player again. And uh, I think if you if oh, you yeah. went down the list there, there were probably 30 or 40 four-star offensive linemen. I think a lot of them looked that way. I mean, how many offensive linemen are at this event? Uh, Almost all of them uh, looked the part of, you know, very elite talents. And it was – I think the, you know, the seven-on-seven tournament tended to be – a, a more lopsided affair in any given game. Uh, there were a lot of games that were not at all close where one team just waxed the other one. The offensive line, the one-on-one battles there, uh, they were, you know, both the offensive and defense, they were trading rep victories all weekend long. And it was just, it was very competitive. A lot of really good players there.
0: Yeah, it was a good group. Uh, I mean, I just, real quickly here, because we're not going to spend 20 minutes on offensive line, but uh, Curtis Dunlap out of, out of IMG, I thought, uh, had a really good Final day. Finally, got to see him get mean, and then that was encouraging. Curtis has really done a good job to to drop you know drop some bad weight, uh, and, and continues to do so. I meant to mention Penae Sewell. Uh, he's an offensive
1: tackle uh, from Utah, who particularly on the first night that linemen were were active, I think he's the number seven offensive tackle in the country right now. Uh, was was as dominant uh, in that one-on-one setting for the couple of reps that he did, as any lineman was on either side of the ball all weekend. Uh, The crystal ball, 24-7 sports, pegs him as somewhere between Alabama and USC. And and I think someone will get a good one there as well.
0: Yeah, Bray Walker, Oklahoma commit, had a good uh, final day. I think he's one of the guys who's actually a tackle. And then uh, uh, Delone Scaife and Trey Hill are two guys who I think in – uh, maybe previous openings would be even higher on this list. They had they had strong days as well. Two two more guards there. So, uh, but, you know, it, it was a. The tackle group was fine. I'm not sure how many of these tackles would have made the opening last year, mm-hmm. you know, or the previous year. But the interior uh, group, I think, was very strong. Yeah, there's no question.
1: You want to talk about. Uh, well, we could have our pick of the litter, but you want to talk about linebackers?
0: Let's do linebackers. Your favorite, personally. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Channing Tendall. He was great on the At, first night. Yeah, he, he really was. Uh, I had not seen him in person before this event because I missed the Atlanta regional, um, size, speed, agility, um, uh, closing speed on, on, on the ball. I, 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 liked him a lot. He, he made, uh, you're right in the one-on-ones, made a number of plays. We got a lot of clips of him making plays in, uh, in subsequent games as well, breaking up passes and, uh, and and you know he's a guy who can also rush the passer. If you've watched any of his stuff, uh, you know his his game film. Uh, so that was very encouraging to see him do that. Yeah, I had a few favorites here. Uh, one who
1: was a really interesting case to me, uh, Kayvon Pope from Virginia. Uh, he was one of the guys who during the cat and mouse drills was really dominant against running backs. Uh, and and that kind of suggests to me uh that he's again he's hard to beat in the open field which for a linebacker in any era but especially in this era if you get a linebacker who's just really good at not getting run around in the open field uh just about the most important thing you can have against spread offenses which are pretty much everywhere now i think he's one of those players uh, he's somewhere between i think he's even classified in some in some circle as an athlete uh, and he is he is an athlete he's he's difficult to get around and it's the most important thing the interesting thing on in his recruitment I spoke to him uh, I think he'd like to go to Ohio State I don't think there's much question about it uh, he has an offer from Ohio State uh, but in recruiting parlance he does not have right now what you would call a committable offer from Ohio State uh, Bud probably can probably can explain the difference there but it's about what it sounds like um, you know so I, I think if he if there's space for him in Columbus I, I suspect that we're going to see him uh, of course space in an urban meyer ohio state class at this point is uh quite at a premium but he'd be uh i think for any program including ohio state would be a useful player to have in the class
0: absolutely uh, next guy on my list would be uh pilot Gote and guy out of, out of uh out of bishop gorman um one of the best linebackers in the country it we use the term mean again. He is very physical, uh, but also very athletic and, and is certainly in the running to be considered the best linebacker in the country when you consider what he does in shoulder pads and then what and then what he does out of shoulder pads here. These events showing the athleticism, showing the ability to cover in space. Uh, I like Pele a lot. We, we got a chat with his dad, obviously, and, and you know, for a bit on the sideline. That was cool. Um, I, again, I, I think that this is a, a – a good linebacker class. I don't know if we have the one, like the one true freak in this class, where the, the guy who's you know, two twenty, and you figure he can, he would not lose any athleticism at like two forty or two fifty. But it's, the it's guy a who I think class. might
1: be closest, and I, it's it's interesting to me because I don't believe that he's rated uh, in the top one or two either inside or outside. But Xavier Peters uh, from Lakota and Ohio, uh, he's someone who. Uh, I watched, I think he, he's rated right now, you know, 15 to 20 or so in the often, in the outside linebacker um, distinction. I think he, he meets all these measurables that, that people want. He's really fast. I, didn't, I haven't gotten a look at his 40 time that he ran um, here out there in Oregon, but uh, 6'4", 225, uh, built like someone who could play in the NFL more or less right now. Um, They're not sure if he'd be a, a strong safety or an outside linebacker. Um, really agile, uh, plays a little bit of tight end, and I, I really like. I tend to gravitate toward players who play both sides of the ball, if it's possible. Suggest to me that you're athletic, and I think he certainly is. Is really, really athletic. Going uh, to be interesting. He, he's expected to commit to Kentucky. Um, I think Kentucky's been kind of a longtime favorite for him, and you know they've built. Mark Stoops has put together a, a nice start to a 2018 class there. I think if he got Xavier Peters. He's someone whose profile should rise a bit after this event. Nobody goes to the opening as a totally unknown quantity. It's not like you're really unearthing uh, diamonds in the rough um, at the opening. You know, for the most part, you get to the opening finals, people know you're good. I don't know if we know how good Xavier Peters is. I think he might be better than uh, than we thought so far.
0: I think that's it's absolutely a great point. And, and man, I just feel bad for Kentucky because they are are consistently one of the like. June July National Championship recruiting and then you know they do a great job of scouting there like you said with Mark Stoops staff and unfortunately they just other teams come and kind of pluck their stuff away um, down the stretch but maybe it'll be different uh this season. You want to chat about uh let's talk about tight ends.
1: Tight ends. Well, I had one far and away favorite. I think he's Based on what we saw here, I think there's no question he's the best tight end in the country. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert from Long Island, New York. That's right, from Long Island, New York, producing the number one player in the country again, in my opinion, at any given position from Long Island, New York, is is pretty astonishing. But he's great. Um, big tight end. Uh, don't have have handy. I can pretty easily look it up. You know, full disclosure, I do have a computer with me. Um, I guess he's about 6'6", probably about 230-ish right now, um, just eyeballing it. Um, just, you know, terrifically built for, for a high school tight end. Um, another player, I just mentioned it was Xavier Peters, but who looks like he could play in the NFL right now physically uh, and just really clowned people all weekend. I mean, he was he was dominant in 7-on-7, seven seven, which is not a setting where tight ends are supposed to be dominant. You know, Tight ends are supposed to really distinguish themselves. In more physical settings uh, because that's half the job of being a tight end after all um, but he was as elusive and and made as many difficult catches as any other receivers there did and you know even on air he looked outstanding and i think looking great on air is one of those things that is uh necessary but not sufficient to being a great tight end i don't think i think if you uh don't look good without any defenders that's probably a bad sign Wouldn't want to declare somebody to be a future superstar without ever seeing them against any kind of defense. And I think it's dangerous even to do it just having seen it in a seven-on-seven tournament as well. Um, But he's going to most likely uh, commit to Ohio State sometime in the next month, um, despite the fact that Ohio State does not have a sterling record of throwing the ball to its tight ends. I think he's so good that uh, they might not have much of a choice but to change that if he he does go there.
0: Yeah, if he goes there, they really should consider throwing the ball uh, to him a lot. He's, he's really good. Yeah, yeah in like, copious copious quantity. That would be smart. Um, I've got two, and uh, I totally agree. Records one. I just don't want to repeat everything you said because you covered it very well. Uh, Luke Ford, I thought uh-huh. was re- really good on the weekend. Um, he is very frustrating to go against and gets under the skin of like all the defenders as well. A guy, another guy with good athleticism, good body control. Um, and then Brevin Jordan, a Miami commit who, to be honest, looked to me like he showed up kind of heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, this kid doesn't look like he's in great shape right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, I think if you're, um, you know, if you're Miami, you have to be encouraged that despite the fact that I think he would probably admit he wasn't in the best condition. Uh, he still played very well. And now he's shorter. He looks to me like a future, uh, back, maybe like an Orson Charles type. If you remember, Um, mark rick at georgia had orson charles uh, back in the day out of uh, plant high school in tampa Uh, you know it's very possible that that he plays that role for the hurricanes and i I thought he had a good weekend as well yeah i think brevin jordan is literally a
1: big target when we use that phrase so often for tight ends um, i think we usually are talking about height he is big wide Um, and i think in, in tight spaces. He showed this time and time again, and again, it's 7-on-7, seven seven, so you're not going to have a whole lot of uh, physical contact, but he makes himself big. And if you're dealing with uh, amateur quarterbacks of any kind, uh, then that's really important. And, and he can use his frame to kind of box defenders away from him and make catches. So very impressive. And I shared with you the view that he didn't look physically um, coming in like he would be as good as he was, but but he certainly was. Um, how about Miami, too, having I mean, Will Mallory, and Brevin Jordan. Will Mallory, who's the number eight tight end in the country right now, Brevin Jordan's still right number one. I mean, I've said that I think Rucker should, should have that top spot, but either way. Oh um, yeah. Easily. Two of the top 10 or so tight ends in the country <laughs> currently committed to the U. Uh, Mark Richt is, is in a good spot there.
0: All right, let's go to another position on defense and that would be, what are you going to do? Defensive line. Defensive line. Yeah, I guess that is the only position left. So we're yeah. going to go there. Uh I guess I'll lead off here. It's cliche, but the best defensive lineman at the event, I, I think by a lot, was, was Xavier Thomas. I mean, and really from day one, he, he was dominant, showed up in good shape. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to see, all, like, all week, would – because Xavier Thomas, the Clemson commit out of IMG Academy, South Carolina native, he's not your prototypical number one defensive end, right? He's not real long. He's certainly mm-hmm. not real tall. He's probably six two and a half, uh, but tremendous natural power, uh, excellent burst off the edge, really plays with great leverage. Um, it if you remember watching, and you're a Steelers fan, so I know you do. the The game that James Harrison had against the Arizona Cardinals in in the Super Bowl, right, where mm-hmm. he really he changed he changed things off the edge. I mean, with, with, with the sacks and the. Forcing fumbles, obviously returning that that interception. Mm. Uh, One of the truly great plays in NFL history. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I think Xavier Thomas has has that sort of upside because he he is just it's it's this the, the power speed combo. Now the only thing he really lacks is length, but he makes up for it, um, especially when he's in good shape by, by bending well. So he came in as our more defensive end in the country. I think we were waiting to see. It, would somebody emerge like your prototypical 6'6", 230 guy who you think, okay, he can become like a Jason Pierre-Paul and put on 30 pounds? You know, Xavier Thomas is pretty close to maxed out size-wise. I don't yeah. think he has much room to add weight. I'm not sure he should. But I'm there's is there a safer bet in this class as far as a guy that you know is going to be at the very minimum, assuming he stays healthy and, and out of trouble, a, a – a very good player, if not a great player, I, I don't think so. I don't so. think so.
1: No, I mean, last year there were a couple of defensive ends to come to mind. Uh, Josh Kando, who's going to Florida state. I think at the time of the opening last year, he was coming to my alma mater of Maryland. Um, and then also, um, I know it was, it just hurts. And that's why I <laughs> mentioned it here. And Chase Young, who's going to Ohio state, um, who was someone who hadn't filled out yet, but was clearly very projectable. Could have been, you know, you look at that guy, you think, wow, he could someday getting 16 sacks here in the NFL. Um, Xavier Thomas is the closest thing we have to, yeah. That's probably going to be the outcome. Yeah, um, there's no doubt that I don't think anybody surpasses,
0: um, you know, the safety of that kind of projection for him. I, I totally agree, and and nobody else really emerged defensive end to, to challenge it. Like I, I was wanted to see if anybody else would be that close. What do the, you think of
1: KJ Henry's performance
0: from North Carolina? You know, I I, I didn't see the burst. Uh, he he kind of got blocked a little, little easier than I expected him to. And, and I thought, okay, you look at a guy that maybe has the upside to to be that number one guy. But, uh, you know, I, I like K.J. Mm-hmm. He's a nice kid. I think he's a good player. Um, but I, he, to me, he didn't show that burst. Um, and I, I wasn't blown away. You mentioned that burst. Um player who
1: I think ought to rise a little bit in the rankings, uh, Rick Sandage, also from North Carolina, Um this guy is hell on wheels. I mean that, that he is he is massive, and he just absolutely rolls like he's rolling down a hill. Um, and uh, what was the what was the corny joke that I decided on in the car in Portland I was going to make? He he should work in a he should run a funeral home because he, he puts likes people, on he likes yeah. people on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just absolutely. I mean, really, I, I I can't I can't get across to you, um, in the verbal form of a podcast, how physically impressive he is when he comes off the line and uh, hopefully we'll pass along some videos in in the coming days here, but he just gets going. I mean, I I think the only player in the class at the defensive tackle position to me who has a comparable burst off the line when the ball is snapped is Teron Vincent, who's the number one defensive tackle for good reason. Uh, I I don't think he should lose that perch and he's going to go to Ohio state um, and probably be great there. Uh, I think Rick Sandage is going to be just an excellent college player uh, probably for South Carolina, uh, who's, who's also put together a good class last year and probably will again this year. Uh, I think he's going be, gonna to be an excellent college football player.
0: A couple more here. Uh, first, we want to send our, our best wishes to Greg Emerson, a mm-hmm. uh, really talented guy out of Tennessee who, uh, one of the more gruesome injuries I've ever seen at one of these events, if you uh, recall the. Injury that Jason Kendall suffered uh, stepping on first base all all those years ago, the Pirates catcher.
1: Utterly devastating to Uh, five-year-old me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Rick's leg was hanging there uh, in a way that it shouldn't, and yet he tweeted uh, that he is uh, the Tennessee commit now. Uh, Four to six weeks he could be running again. So, uh, Greg, best wishes from SB Nation, certainly. uh, To you, if you're listening to this, I – I like Michael Thompson a lot. Uh, he had an, an excellent day yesterday, won the majority of his reps. Uh, Missouri defensive tackle. Um, good good blend of size and speed. I, I would submit to you that I'm not sure that any of the D tackles in this class are like your no doubt five-star types. Right? I think we have a lot of, of like – Maybe Vincent. Yeah, he could be. I, I, I'm just – I I, wasn't blown away but like – you know, Vincent's just so much smaller than than the guys we typically see as, right. as your five star tackles, and, yeah. and he's got good speed certainly, but he doesn't have. Uh, who's the guy that Houston signed a couple of years ago? Uh, that Tom Herman signed. At Oliver. Right. He sure. did, if you're going to be undersized, you know you need more of the At Oliver level burst. I don't know that, that. I like Vincent's burst a lot, but I don't know if he has that like super twitch. Sure. I just. I think
1: I think he's probably more of a three technique guy, better suited to playing a four man front. Um, oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they make a ton of them anymore. Uh, like last year, Tyler Shelvin was one who went to LSU, stands out as an example of this. Um, Marvin Wilson, though, I know FSU plays kind of a multiple defensive scheme at times, but um, yeah, I don't know if there's like a, a guy in this year's class who um, I think you could just stick him in the middle of a three-man front and you don't have to worry about right. those gaps on either side. Of the center. I don't know that that player exists, uh, and if he—I mean, actually, he probably does exist. I don't know that he's a parent right now.
0: Yeah, oh, yes. you know, and I think this is a good a good point here. To not every year has the same number of talented players at each position. You know, certain years are better at certain positions. I think this year's quarterback class is better than last year's uh, by a lot, to be honest. I, I, I think if you were to combine them, probably only Davis Mills would be in sure. the top like like four or five you know QBs of the two years. Shall we? We probably should. Talk so about quarterbacks? Segway. Segway. Yeah, let's do it. Uh,
1: who do you want? So there are two quarterbacks who I think everyone wants to know about. and It's, it's going to be a uh, running question for recruiting fans until signing day, until probably the second signing day, until the rankings and the dust have settled. Uh, who is the number one quarterback in the class? Is it Trevor Lawrence, who has been the number one quarterback since the beginning of time or since – recruiting rankings for the 2018 class uh, took hold you know, a year or so ago? Uh, or is it Justin Fields, the fast riser who was committed now is not committed to Penn State and is considering a host of Southeastern schools? Uh, I think most evaluators would agree that it's one of those two. Nothing that I saw this weekend would change that view for me. Uh, even though I think, and you can touch on this now, I thought that Justin Fields was far better in this seven-on-seven on seven, on 7 setting than Trevor was.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, Justin showed, um, you know, excellent arm strength. Uh, I thought he scanned the entire field very well, uh, got rid of the ball, delivered it from a number of arm angles. Um, I, I, I love Justin Fields. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I came away from the Orlando regional, and we chatted after it, and a lot of the – uh, people who are based in Florida were talking about all these other quarterbacks at, at the the regional, and I was kind of thinking, like, d- d- did, I, did I miss the party before this thing? Like, what what did y'all watch? Because Fields was the best was the best QB at the, at the Orlando event for for sure, um, which is not saying much sometimes because there's not really that many good quarterbacks in Florida, hardly ever, but he was the best quarterback at the event and maybe the best, best overall player at the event this weekend, uh, you know, into the conversation with a guy like, like record, certainly. Um,
1: And he did it in a setting where, you know, half of what Justin Fields does is rendered useless. It's seven on seven, right? You know, Fields is, is very much a dual threat. He's someone who will hurt you with his legs. Can't do that in seven on seven. There is no such thing as a quarterback run play in seven on seven. Not that I've seen. Thankfully. Uh, Yeah. Thankfully that would be (laughs) brutal. Um, And he just diced up defenses anyway. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think very highly. I think he's going to be probably one of the the best quarterbacks in the country for a couple-year period, um, as long as he's playing at Clemson. Um, But he was intercepted a lot, like maybe more than any other quarterback who was there. Justin Fields was uh, not intercepted very much. Now, the question you have to ask there is, is that just because uh, Trevor Lawrence was turning it loose. We, we talked earlier about how most of these quarterbacks really were afraid to actually let it go. I don't think it's in Trevor's DNA to be afraid to put the ball down the field. And also there are worse things in the world than getting picked off a bunch in a seven-on-seven tournament. It doesn't really phase me a whole lot. Um, but, it, it you know, it wasn't Field's performance. And
0: Field's performance was uh, was sublime. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Trevor's performance, I think, would – Give me some pause for concern if he didn't have such a track record on mm-hmm. Friday nights in, in, in pads and then, you know, leading Cartersville to three state titles, you know, three state titles and, and teams in Georgia that as
1: far as we have been told are not otherwise all that special.
0: Right. Like it's not it's not like Trevor has a a boatload of, of you know elite level D one teammates. He's yeah. leading that team in a good classification in Georgia to the state title. Year after year after year, and rewriting the Georgia record books. So, because I've seen him do it in pads you know, over, gosh, a, a, you know, close to a thousand throws now. Probably, uh, you know, that's to me, he has the better and longer track record than Justin Fields does. Fields might actually have more upside than him, and I wouldn't have a problem if people want to move Fields ahead of Lawrence if Fields goes out and dominates in pads this season. And mm-hmm. puts up a, a Trevor-like season, but so far he hasn't done that. Trevor has been the better quarterback on Friday nights, which is where the most important factor sure. in all of this. And I also think it's—it's it's, we definitely saw something this weekend in that the quarterbacks that actually play seven-on-seven travel ball looked better playing seven-on-seven at, at this level. Yeah. You know, Fields is on the Cam Newton team. They travel and play a lot of elite tournaments. Against a lot of elite defenses, Trevor plays some seven on seven with his high school team, but it's just not the same thing playing other high schools uh, in seven on. You know, for instance, the uh, uh, the the yellow team, uh, which was comprised mostly uh, of South Florida Beast, guys, of course, Lunar Beast, right? Uh, which, you know, lunar meaning moon, I'm not sure why it'd be yellow because, you know, to me, that would, that would suggest the sun. But don't started ridiculous Nike branding. Uh, you know, w- w- with this. Jack Tuttle and Quincy Patterson, I don't think they play that much competitive 7-on-7. And it showed. That that Uh team struggled a lot. And I'm still very hot on both those quarterbacks. So I I do struggle to take away too much from 7-on-7. But at the same time, um, yeah, Fields was clearly the best quarterback at the event and and really carried his team Uh to victory. Um, So I can't do this. and I I wouldn't anyway, but I can't because
1: we're in an airport. But gun to your head, number one quarterback in the country coming out of this event is... Uh, Lawrence, I think I agree. Close, but I think I agree. It's, but I, it yeah, it'd be hard, it be hard for me to take any other recruit in the country if I had to pick one and I and I could have anyone and I was a coach. I think it'd still be pretty hard for me to pick anybody but him.
0: Yeah, and if yeah. you know, I, I again, if if Fields goes out there and does that this this fall, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. I also think it's encouraging that you know, he's he he seems to be progressing at a really high rate. I mean, that's Fields is a kid who you know, also plays baseball, so he's not full-time football. Uh, and at some point, he's going to become football, full-time football, and I think that's got to be really encouraging if you're a program that's going to sign Fields. And if you're listening at home, uh, Lawrence is obviously committed to Clemson, and Fields is considering uh, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, and Georgia. I'm not sure how – how hard I buy the Alabama part of that, but the other four I, I think are and Penn State are squarely from everything we can gather about Fields is no longer in that right. Game. Fields was a Penn State commit, and now I it, he did not mention Penn State to me once this weekend. The only yeah. time he talked about it was when people brought it up. So yeah. that's probably a good indication there. Uh, we need to go to we got running backs and receivers left. Fun groups. I wasn't blown away by the running backs, but we can talk. I mean, yeah, me neither. Who did you like from running backs? Uh, Two players in particular for me,
1: uh, obviously Lorenzo Lingard, the the Miami five-star commit, uh, is what, what you would think a five-star running back should look like. Um, there's only two five-stars on the composite right now in the country. The other is Amir White, uh, skipped and Nike Camps are good this
0: year. Yeah, and I this think Zamir is definitely the best like, yeah. running back in the country by yeah. by like a healthy market. So sure. his absence from the event hurt that position group's quality. No doubt. Um,
1: also, I uh, really liked Ricky person, uh, the North Carolina state commit, um, props to North Carolina state's recruiters for being, you know, it's North Carolina state. It's not the, uh, most elite program in the Carolinas, uh, but have two really good commits on offense this year with Ricky person and the quarterback, Devin Leary. Um, they've done a nice job getting them and, and it'd be great for them if they can hold them, but, uh, person's really good. A, a receiving back, I think, but also a slasher out of the backfield. Not a whole lot that you, you could ask him to do that he wouldn't be able to do for you. So, uh, I expect
0: him to have a strong career in the ACC. I've, I've got two. Uh, Jalen Gill, who's um, yes. committed to Ohio State. I, they they're kind of pitching him on that Curtis Samuel role. Uh, maybe what you used to call the Percy Harvin role at, back when Meyer was at Florida. Um, and we've heard a lot of kids be told they could play that over the years. Yeah. But, but he legitimately he made, legitimate some, hand. made
1: some catches that looked like, wow, you're pretty positive. Down the field. Yep.
0: You know, and, and not a lot of running backs were catching the ball deep, which yep. I, I think he is, certainly was. Yeah, that's yeah. a different skill set. So that, that was encouraging to see. And then uh, John Emery Jr., 2019 kid out of Louisiana. Uh, I thought he was very good in the cat and mouse uh, setting on day one, went back and watched a little bit of that. And uh, he, he made – he definitely embarrassed some folks. He's in the running, uh, I think, to be the best running back in, in the class of 2019. Yeah.
1: I also like uh, Michael Salahudin from Washington, D.C. I'm a little biased towards kids from that area, but he, he's been impressive to me since the first time I saw him um, at the Washington Regional for this game. Just one of those natural athletes who um, is really coordinated from head to toe. Seems like he always has a purpose, knows exactly where he's going, and can get there quickly. So I like him, and I think he'll do good things at USC. Uh, I want to talk about receivers? Let's talk about receivers. Uh, so, your favorite receiver? I know who this is, and I think it's rightfully so. It's the number uh, one receiver in the country.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think Terrace Marshall uh, is is the best receiver in the country, at least that I've seen, just because of the the combo of his size and his ability to uh, control that size. He's you know probably six three ish, over two hundred, certainly at least looks like it, uh, with a little bit of room to grow. Uh, natural hands catcher of the football. I, I like his ability to drop his hips, get in and out of routes. And, you know, if you can win in the red zone by going up and getting the ball and snatch it, and then you can also create separation underneath with your route running, uh, then I, I think, and you have that size, well, then, hey, you, you have a good reason to be considered uh, the number one receiver in the country. I, I don't know if it's by a mile, but, but I'm comfortable with him being being my number one. Sure. Uh, you know,
1: Jalen Hall has been up there for, for years. He's He's one of the earliest discovered recruits of this class uh looked great to me if, if absolutely nothing else um he's going to be a guy who you're going to be able to throw 50 50 balls to and they're going to be more like 90 10 balls for him and and that's a valuable asset to have uh amon ross st brown from california also Jalen hall is as well um not a big guy I don't think he's even six feet if, he, if he's six feet then no does, he's definitely that's not. generous measurement uh great route runner great hands uh, the closest receiver in the class to me to, you know, an Antonio Brown or an Odell Beckham type. Someone who's not big, but it's just so incredibly smooth in all facets. And if it hits his hands, it's caught. Uh, also, a lower rated player, but one who I really like is Jordan Adams, who committed the other day uh, to North Carolina State. I think he's explosive. Uh, I mentioned guys who can play multiple sports or multiple positions. He can absolutely clown people by dunking basketballs on them, which was something that we put up the other day. Uh, center fielder in baseball, quarterback in high school, um, so he really I mean he's an all around athlete, very gifted athlete, and and someone another one of those guys who is going to catch the ball if it gets to him, and uh, he he was equally impressive at the Charlotte Regional and at the finals.
0: Yeah, exactly, he's going to keep getting better as he learns to play receiver more and more. You mentioned Jalen Hall, and, and I, I thought it was very encouraging to see him go out and do what he did. You know, was he the best shooter there? No, but I thought he had a, he had a, a very strong weekend. Um, and that's good to me because I feel like he was a kid who early on two, three years ago was way out in front of everybody. He developed first, he was just clowning folks. And then I felt like the rest of the recruiting class kind of caught up with, him. you know, I, I, I saw him a couple of times and, uh, like for instance, at the Los Angeles regional, I wasn't impressed, right? He, I, I couldn't even make a highlight of him from, from the LA regional. He wasn't getting open and he wasn't catching the ball. Uh, and so it was very encouraging to me to see him bounce back with a strong performance because I, in my mind he had been dropping and in talking to local Cali guys they were kind of saying the same thing. Uh, so to bounce back was, was, was very good there. I I agree with all your picks. Amon Ross St. Brown, that the way he tempos his routes, his his understanding of how you can sort of lull defenders to sleep with maybe eighty percent speed and then all of a sudden crank it up to a hundred mm-hmm. and have the quickness to get there. It absolutely agree mm-hmm. with you on that. One of the players who I just by happenstance didn't see very
1: much—it's a big event, and you're never on all the fields at once—was uh, Justin Shorter, the Penn State receiver commit. Uh, I am told that he is a burner. Uh, I know that yes, he's six-three or six-five. I actually a had a kid. lot of his games.
0: Yeah, he—he he told me he's like Terrell Owens, and uh, I'm not going to disagree. He's a straight-line guy, size-size speed combo type. Yeah. Maybe not the most agile in the world, Uh, but man down the field mismatch and and it's going to be very difficult to jam with his, his strength and his speed. Um, he's going to be a matchup problem. Um, maybe not like a hundred catch a year guy, but, but he's definitely a big play threat. Um, and I think also a red zone threat. So a very, very good player. And if you're a Penn state fan watching Justin Fields, who's not committed to Penn state anymore, throw the ball to Justin shorter, like all day, um, Man, you had to be those poor people. Oh, gosh. I
1: felt terrible for them. <laughs> um, also, I, I shouldn't. This will be the last player that I that I need to mention. Devin Williams, uh, classified as an athlete at a lot of places, really, 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 really impressive. Uh, can do everything from outrun you to outjump you, uh, which are two of the most critical things for simply beating high school talent. And Best I think receiver on day record. two. Yeah, I think he was the best receiver on, on Monday for sure. I mean, yeah. he, he was, you know, sometimes sometimes it's not a whole lot more complex. I, mean, I don't know. You know, he seems like a decent route runner. I don't know that he's the most polished receiver in the class. Actually, I know that he isn't the most polished receiver in the class. But at some point, if you're as fast as he is, you can jump as high as he is. You can have the hands that he has. You know, things are going to just work themselves out, and I think they certainly will for him. So Oregon, who's, who's considered the favorite there, uh, if they could, if they could get him, he would be a crucial part of what Willie Tigers trying to build in Eugene.
0: A commonality that almost all these guys we discussed at the receiver position have—they're big. This is a not a we talked about okay, them, yeah. you know, is, is it a tackle year, is it a guard year, it's a guard year. Well, this is more of an outside receiver year. I don't we don't have a whole lot of like super elite slots. I mean, you go through there. You know, Alante Taylor is a big, is, is a, a bigger guy. You know, Woodard is not is not tiny. Saint Brown, I think, is more your slot.
1: There are very few small guys. Rondale Moore, yeah. probably the,
0: he's five like eight or five nine, the smallest guy there. I would say. Um, so this, yeah. if you need to get a big receiver, this is a pretty good year uh, yeah. to go get one. if you need
1: a small one, it's really not. I mean, other than Amundar St. Brown, um, I see, Justin Watkins is listed at six feet. That's news to me. I mean, he's listed, yeah, he's listed, I, listed, listed at five eleven, which.
0: Okay. Um, I've stood next to Justin. I think we're uh, yeah. You
1: know, not a big receiver. Uh, Jalen Waddle, number eleven receiver, listed five nine and a half. So, yeah, there really are not a a lot of good little receivers. Which uh, I don't know, but maybe people are taking taking the advice that that you've uh, harped on for years now, which is that if you're a little guy and you're looking to have a lucrative football career, maybe play DB
0: instead of receiver. Uh, yeah, I mean, because the NFL teams just don't—they're not willing to draft him high up to get that all-important first contract. Uh, you know, hey, if you're listening to this and you're saying, "Why didn't they talk about this guy or that guy?" You got to remember, this is an all—because we it, hate that player, right? Well, this is
1: true. Uh, we think he's destined for failure, and yeah. your school is somehow
0: less than for having recruited him. No doubt, I I I totally agree with that. Also, it's an all-star event, so if we were going to talk about all. We have 166 kids here this week. We would be podcasting. We would miss our flights, which we're not going to do. So these are just the kids that kind of stood out. I mean, I'm just going through the list to see if there's anybody uh, that, you know, we didn't talk about. uh, Jalen Green, we did talk about, I believe, in in Portland. Uh Um, You know, I I thought that in the one-on-ones, James Cook was very good, but he also dropped the ball a lot in seven on, I think at least three drops that we filmed. Mm-hmm. So can't put him on the top performer list. Uh, Nesta, Silvera, Nesta Silvera, a Miami commit. Um, I compared him to, to kind of trying to block a fire hydrant, right? Not the longest, but he's short, stout, and you better get low if you're going to move that thing because he, <laughs> he he wins the leverage battle every time. And great quickness off off the line as well. So... Uh, I think he's going to be a very productive college player. I don't know if he has the massive upside, maybe that some that some of the other guys have, uh, but I, I definitely like like Silvera. He won the majority of his reps. Uh, just looking through here, and then uh, maybe one more 19 to discuss is Nolan Smith. Uh, Nolan Smith is if you want a guy to comp to a Von Miller type. Uh, Style-wise, not necessarily talent because, you know, obviously I'm not going to sit here and comp kids to Von Miller all day. Uh, that would be ridiculous. Von
1: Miller, Miller is the Julio Jones of defense these
0: days. Yes, exactly. You
1: ask, We, we, we tend to ask kids a lot,
0: um, sort of
1: a, a, a generic question of them just to kind of get a sense of how they feel about themselves. Who's the player in the NFL who you look up to or you model your game after? And Von Miller has certainly found his way onto the Greatest Hits album. Along with Julio Jones, Des Bryant, Aaron Rodgers. Luke Keekley, a bit of a dark horse there. Yeah, yeah a lot of kids you like Luke too. You a middle to... linebacker who likes to be Luke Kuechly.
0: Um, Ray Lewis occasionally. That's true. Because they're all too young for that. But. Nolan Smith is going to be probably 240 when all is said and done. Maybe not next year, but I think in college he could be that. He The burst off the edge with him is just legitimately special. I mean, he's a burst-bend guy. Uh, who if you watch him play, I think plays with a very high football IQ as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his and, and I, he only he plays about you know an hour away from my house so' I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to watch him uh, over the next two years since he's a 2019 kid. Yeah, no absolutely. Um, I think that might do it, man. it, it was a, it was a good week. Uh, obviously a, we, we couldn't get to everybody, but very much appreciate you listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, or SoundCloud. And if you like what you hear, give us a rating. I'm not entirely sure when the next episode is going to be, uh, but whenever we have content, we'll fire it up. So if you subscribe, you'll get that notification whenever we drop a new episode. Thanks, y'all. Alex, appreciate joining man. Thanks. See you guys soon. All right.